situated, so it's just beautiful to see what God is doing in this ministry. Amen? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1, verse number 9. And here begins the reading of God's holy word. I'll be reading out the New Revised and a version. For this reason, since the day we have heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work. And as you grow in the knowledge of God, may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Verse number 13. He has rescued us from the power of darkness. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Uh, I want to I want to also quickly jump over to First Thessalonians chapter number five. I want to look at uh, two verses there. First Thessalonians chapter five. I'll put this together. And trust me, we will not be here all day. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're going to begin with verse number 16. Uh, as we know, uh, this is a season of thanksgiving. And we have a whole lot to be thankful for. And I want us to look at First Thessalonians chapter 5. Beginning with verse number 16. The Bible says, rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. rejoice. Say it again, rejoice. Say one more time, rejoice. rejoice. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. The Lord bless the reader and the hearer of his word. I want you to just look at somebody and tell a neighbor. I want you to say it with me. Help me now. Say, neighbor, neighbor. No, matter no matter how rough it gets, rough it gets. the word for you today is dance, dance in the dark. In the dark. Look at somebody else and tell them, dance, dance in the dark. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, brothers and sisters, saints and friends, it is no secret that we're living uh, in some of the most turbulent times in history. Our world has changed, is changing, and continues to change. Everything around us uh, is constantly reminding us of the rapid pace and acceleration of change. Uh, you see it when you go to the supermarket. You see it uh, when you go to the bank. Uh, it used to be that when you would go to the bank, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You go to the bank, and there were tons of tellers there. Now there are more machines than physical tellers. I had an aunt uh, that spent almost her entire life uh, working at a bank branch, and now uh, many of the human interactions uh, that we are so used to have been replaced uh, by robotics, have been replaced by technology. We are in a world that is continuing to evolve, that is continuing 
to develop, that is continuing to change. And the challenge with that is, is that sometimes it feels as if uh, everything is never ending. By the time you get one thing, something else is already on the horizon. By the time you get one phone, the update is already on the phone. I woke up this morning and looked at my phone and my phone looked funny. And I asked my wife, I said, did you do something with my phone? My phone looks strange. She said, it must have updated overnight. I didn't give it permission to do it, but it decided to do it on its own. And so we have to adjust again to how we use the phone because the features have changed. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so we are used to things happening rapidly. It used to be years ago if you went to the movie theater and you saw a movie, it took at least six months before you could get the DVD. And now with streaming channels and all the stuff, uh, there's some that don't even need to watch regular TV or pay for it because the, the streaming boxes and things now do all of the stuff that regular TV used to do. And so we are used to everything happening at the click of a button. We're used to having everything when we want it, how we want it immediately. And we have the habit of trying to do that with God. And God doesn't work like that. No, he doesn't. Sometimes you will have to wait on him even when it seems as if the answer you're waiting for is nowhere to be found. I wish I had a witness here this morning. There are times in which you have to wait on God even when everything around you seems as if it's impossible. And I want to talk to somebody this morning because we are in a very unique Thanksgiving season where inflation has come and recession has come and what used to cost one price has now cost another price and what was once this is now that and all of it is happening so fast you can almost barely wrap your mind around it. Am I talking to anybody in here this morning? And we find ourselves in a very similar situation with our passage of scripture this morning. The Apostle Paul, the apostle that uh, has the ability to speak to the Gentiles, the apostle that continues and he uses his pen to profoundly shake the church. The Apostle Paul is in this particular passage of scripture. He is in prison and he is on house arrest. And normally you would think today in light of our society that when someone is arrested, it is because they did something wrong. But in this instance, he had done something right. And here comes the Apostle Paul. And he is in this particular prison epistle. He's writing with his pen, trying to make sure that this particular church does not forget what is the most important thing. And I want to submit to you today, we live in a society in which churches exist without God. And he's trying to remind them, don't you ever forget that everything you do is about Jesus. We understand today that there are all kinds of disorders. We have disorders in every facet in ways we have never seen before. But I want to submit to you today, there is one disorder the church has that we have never had to contend with in recent days, and 
Jesus deficit disorder. We don't like to talk about Jesus anymore. We don't like to honor and acknowledge Jesus anymore. We think we got our job. We think we got our house. We think we did what we did. And as a result, I don't need the church because I'm going to do me. And the challenge with doing me is that when me gets in trouble, you need a we to get you out. Who am I talking to this morning? Look at somebody and tell them it's not just about me, 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 but it's about we, we, we. We've got to come together, and when we come together, God will show up and show out in our lives. The Bible says in this particular prison epistle, well, we're gonna have some something will happen in the other day. The Bible says in this particular epistle, Paul is writing. To the church at Colossae. It is a church that he never gets to. But he has some things he wants to share with them. He is in prison. I'm almost going to give you a little time. He is in prison. And because he is isolated, he's able to see some things. And I don't know about you, but the last two years we were all on a forced isolation. And what I've discovered is that you really know yourself when you're by yourself. It's easy to fool people when they uh, uh, see you can keep your mask on. But the pandemic forced us to stay around, stay home so long that masks had to fall off. Uh, and the real you came out. And here is the Apostle Paul in this particular passage of scripture. He is in house arrest. And because he's in house arrest, he is by himself. And I submit to you that there are some things that only come when you are by yourself. And somebody this morning, you might feel isolated. You might feel alone. But I want to remind you that even when you feel that way, God is still with you. God is still beside you. You're never by yourself. Bible says, down with our passage, Bible says in verse 7, I for this reason, since the day we have heard it, we have not ceased praying for you. And we today have allowed prayer to become a dying discipline. We don't think prayer has the power it once did. And that fact, if you look at popular culture today, whenever something seems out of our reach, someone will say, well, the, well I guess all we can do now is pray. As if prayer is the last result instead of the first result. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Prayer is the best thing you can do. You want to see your child turn around? Pray. You want to see a family fixed? Pray. You want to see a life change? Pray. You want to see somebody cut off a crack out? Pray. You want to see things shift in your community? Pray. Pray. you may be filled 
with the knowledge of God's will. God wants us filled to the brim. We don't talk about the filling of the Holy Ghost anymore. Uh, what that simply means is that God does not want you living on E, but he wants you to be filled to the brim. And I came to tell somebody today, if you have been feeling on E, the fuel of God is his word, and his word will build you back up again. Is there somebody here that can testify? When I thought it was all over, when I thought everything was finished, one word from God changed my life. And so we look at verse number 10. So that you may lead lives worthy. Somebody shout worthy. We move from the prayer to the pace. He says that we might live lives and that we might walk worthy. Which means that I am not supposed to live like everybody else. Uh, we, we don't like to hear that today because we have a cosmetic Mickey Mouse Christianity where we like to everything to look one way and we live another way. The Paul says hence uh, that we have to walk worthy, which means that we've got to live what we say when nobody's looking at how we live. And, and for the challenges today and the reason why some uh, have no desire to come back in fellowship is because when you ask them, they'll say the church is full of hypocrites. Now, now they work with hypocrites and they do all kinds of other stuff with hypocrites, but they'll use a different kind of connotation when it comes to the church. But the difference about us as the people of God is that even though we were yet in sin, Christ still died for us. And I want you to look at somebody and tell them you're still worth dying for. Even in spite of all the stuff we've done, Jesus paid it off. The Bible says that you would bear fruit in every good work. That you would bear fruit in every good work as you grow in the knowledge of God. Paul, as he is writing this, in isolation receives revelation. Colossians reminds us three things about Christ. First of all, Jesus, uh, our Savior, is our creator. Uh, that Christ is also our conqueror. He also shows us that Christ is our controller. So that tells me that even when the world seems like it's spinning out of control, I already know that I'm not in control because I'm in his hands. And that's good news because whenever I feel like I'm losing it, I can look to the hills from which coming my help because all of my help comes from the stand that he is our Lord, he is our life, and he is our love. Now notice where I want to land. Bible says, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father. Yes, sir. Who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. And he has rescued us. 
reason why we can celebrate this Thanksgiving is not just because of the turkey on the toppings, but it's because we have been rescued. Look at somebody and tell them you've been rescued. Uh, we, 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 we're trying politically to find a solution. We don't know uh, which way it's going to go. If it's going to be Trump 2.0 or it's going to be DeSantis or it's going to be Biden or it's going to be another. And everybody's trying to figure out which way uh, we're going to go. But if you are a believer, you He has rescued us from the power of darkness. Transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. Which means I was in the dark. But when I met Jesus, I came to the light. And that means that no matter how dark it is around you. No matter how dark it is in front of you. No matter how dark it is at home. No matter how dark it is at work. No matter how dark it is where you are. You can still dance in the dark. We are living in a day in which the Apostle Paul dealt with some of the things that we're battling even now. Uh, we're living in a society, we're living in a world that has replaced fun instead of foundation. We're living in a world that has traded the power of God for performances. Uh, we have created a culture today in which we come to be entertained and not changed. Uh, we have come uh, to develop today into a society where there's a whole lot of flesh on display but no fire. And that's why Jesus said in John's Gospel chapter 4, verse 24, they that worship me, I wish I had somebody here that knows the word, they that worship me, must worship me in spirit and in truth. The opposite of spirit and truth is flesh and lies. We've got a whole lot of flesh and a whole lot of lies. But Jesus said, they that worship me must worship now coming through here in spirit and in truth. Look at somebody and tell them I'm a real worshiper. I've got a question for First Calvary today. Is there a worshiper in the house? Look at somebody and say, Too many have died over the last 
full of food. But I need my faith. Because when the day is over, I still got some stuff to fight. And the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. So if it's the will of God, I've got to do it when I don't feel like it. If it's the will of God, I've got to do it when it doesn't feel great. If it's the will of God, I've got to do it when it feels bad. So thanksgiving is our response to God's action. Praise is our response to God's character. But worship is our response to God's presence. I'm going to say it again. Thanksgiving is our response to God's action. He opened up a door. He turned things around. So I've got to thank him. Somebody just begin to open your mouth and thank him. Come on, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. But praise is our response to God's character. That's why the Bible says, let everything Shout it out! Praise him! Believe! 
You don't have to wait for somebody to tell you to clap your hands. You don't have to wait for somebody to tell you to do your dance. All you need is a memory. All you need is a memory. And you know, you don't need one of them testimonies you got to make about what God did 20 years ago. You got a testimony right now. You woke up this morning. Hey! I said you got a testimony right now. You woke up this morning. Somebody help us. 